Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners, podcast listeners. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you currently stressed out, cash crunched, or fed up with your business? If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, but I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's probably something much deeper that you're not likely even aware of yet. It's like a client that comes to you saying that they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGuru's Agency Freedom Session, where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your agency freedom session today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. Today, I'm hanging out with Mike McDermott. Mike is the CEO and founder uh, of FreshBooks, the world's number one cloud accounting software for self-employed professionals. Him and his team built this in 2003 after he accidentally saved uh, over an invoice and Mike spent three and a half years growing FreshBooks from his parents' basement. And since then, over 10 million people have used FreshBooks to save time billing and collect billions of dollars. Many of you out there in this audience probably are or have been or could be FreshBooks customers. And so I'm really excited to welcome Mike McDermott to the program. Hey, thanks, Brent. Thanks for having me. Uh, so real quick on your backstory, you were building this app initially in... Uh, in your parents' uh, basement, that that must have been uh, cool. So, does that mean you were you were living at home, working in the basement on this thing? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so uh, let's let's uh, let's go there for a second. So, I was running a small agency. I was actually doing that from my own apartment, and um, you know, real estate in Toronto was going crazy for a while, and I had to move. Like, people kept selling the apartments I was renting, and that happened like uh, I think two times in like six months. My parents were like, come home and house sit for us. And I had started building FreshBooks just before they said, why don't you house sit for us? We're going away for a couple of months traveling. And uh, anyways, the, the point is, yeah, we, we stayed for the next three and a half years. <laughs> we went from, uh, you know, we showed up and we were a couple of people, sort of one from my agency and one from the, this new business. And we were six people full time on FreshBooks by the time we got out of there. Cool. Well, I'm sure that, uh, you know, helps to found a company, you know, figure out a way to make it happen. So, so originally, this app was kind of created as a way for you to kind of scratch your own itch with your uh, with billing your own clients. Yeah, a hundred percent. And um, again, for for a design agency, which is probably relatable, to lots of folks. I think you know what? I'll just go ahead and I don't want to do this for every point that comes along, but you know, we're living in COVID times here. I, I've been self isolating for going on four or five weeks right now. I think you know one thing that is really neat about COVID. And I think in a way, it will change the world. Is you know. 
a lot of people think they need to like have an office to get going. <laughs> and we, we certainly made it a, a long way uh, working out of my parents' bedroom. And so, or bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> this story just got more interesting, oh, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> that got weird. Oh gosh. My lunch, uh, my, my digesting my lunch here, lacking some brain uh, flow, blood flow to my brain. But um, I, I think it's, it's just an interesting kind of, there's going to be a before and after with COVID. And I think, uh, you know, for starting companies and making Costco, we found a way to keep rent down, which was working out of my parents' basement. There's very kind of them to let us do that. I think it's, uh, you know, for, for all the entrepreneurs out there, I, I just, I bump into so many people who just assume they have to have an office. And it's it's actually so rarely the case. I guess that's maybe my point. Anyways, but I digress. And, and back to regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I mean, you make a good point. Right? I mean, I think that a lot of uh, I mean, creating a virtual agency has been something that is a, kind of a, a buzz phrase pre-COVID. I mean, a lot of people talk about, oh, we run a virtual agency. And I think for a while, there was a lot of kind of guilt and shame and head trash around like not having this physical space. I think that started to kind of deteriorate and clients started getting used to working with people virtually. And now I feel like there's been this massive gift to any company that was struggling with the virtual agency model, which is that everybody's virtual now. And it's it's a probably going to be a lot more accepted and okay post-COVID. And probably a lot of agency owners are going to question, you know, or, or software founders are going to question, you know, do we really need this space to, uh, to have a company? And maybe it's even a liability in the future, right? I mean, if you have to have that space and something like this happens again, but uh, yeah. those are interesting no, questions it's, it's, to ponder. It's certainly a big cost, right? One of the major costs. Uh, and so through that lens, it's it's nice to be able to, to try and avoid it. I will say there's something to be said for for culture and some of these other things that, you know, it probably winds up a little bit different when you can be together every day versus versus not. But, um, you know, everyone needs to choose their own path and there's all kinds of all kinds of ways to get it done. You guys have been insanely successful with FreshBooks. Can you, can you paint us a picture of what that company looks like today? Yeah, well, uh, kind, kind of you to say. So, you know, first things first, we've been at it for over a decade. You know, we're, we're about 400 people now. We've, yeah, we're off the top there. Uh, you know, we've got paying customers in over 100 countries. Uh, we started out, you know, very, very modestly as like a side project, as many people who run agencies want to do. Like, oh, I'd love to have my own software company in transition, you know, have another income stream, whatever it is. So we we did do that. It took a few years, but uh, yeah, we've grown from there to you know helping people collect billions of dollars you know every month and and um, you know being the leading. We're we're number two for accounting software properly in America, and um, you know more specifically and perhaps relevant to to your audience. You know we actually got there by saying, hey, we, we don't serve restaurants, we don't serve retail we focus on service-based businesses like knowledge-based and and so um you know agencies and uh you know sometimes the freelancers who contract into them we're actually just built for for you that's that's exclusively what we do and and we give up a large part of the market so we can do that better what was your you know your decision making around focusing on on service businesses and specifically like the creative business I think when you originally started I don't know do you service yeah. kind of a broader uh, market of small businesses now that are kind of services or are you still very focused in the in the kind of creative space we're very focused in creatives I think it'd be our, our largest segment of customers that we serve and it really comes down to you know as an entrepreneur, you know, it's really nice when you can scratch your own itch versus trying to guess at what someone else's is. And so I built the product for myself. 
And, um, you know, we're big believers in, in ease of use. So, you know, FreshBooks is different because it's built for the owner and not the accountant. And, you know, what that means to us, if you unpack it, is it's just really easy to use. Um, and, and to keep a product easy to use, you have to make decisions, strategic ones. And, you know, one of the strategic decisions we've held to is, hey, we're just, we're just not going to build for everybody. And that means, you know, we're not going to confuse people about, you know, what, what the offering is or put features and things in front of them that they don't really understand. And so a good example of this is, you know, when we set up FreshBooks, you go and log in, we just assume that you send invoices as your primary source of, of receiving revenue. So instead of going in and, and saying, like, is it, you know, sort of income or expense, we just go ahead and call it voices. And I, I think, you know, if you're a certain, you know, if you're an agency or something, that's obvious. Like that's, that's, I bill my clients, right? Anyhow, it's just a way to make the product more accessible for folks who are in the segments that we serve by, by choosing not to serve everyone. We can make different design decisions. It, it makes sense that I had an offer, say time tracking and have it totally integrated into our offering versus asking people to go and use a whole bunch of different services to get that work done. So these are the kind of compounding design decisions that once you choose a target market that has a certain set of needs, then you can go and build a better offering for them versus, you know, trying to think about how do I serve an agency and serve, you know, a chain of, of retail outlets. I'm curious with your, uh, you know, speaking of, of COVID earlier, you all have some, probably some very interesting data at your fingertips. How has, I mean, are you guys getting as a company, are you getting any insights that are, that add value to, to people out there of things that they should be thinking about? Like, are you seeing like less big invoices? Are you seeing that, you know, it's taking longer to close? Is there types of services? Like, I don't know how much, how much insight can you glean from what you see at the macro level right now within your platform? Yeah. So things that we're seeing at the macro level, like we've seen uh, just the, the like the the sort of volume go down, <laughs> which is not as surprising of invoicing and actually expenses being tracked. So so that is that is just straight up interesting. So we've also seen differences between sort of the various, you know, so creative services, one of our largest groups. It's actually one of the ones that's been relatively more impacted, you know, so so far in terms of even um uh, just business survival and things like that. So you know where I'm where I'm going with all that is um, you know we've seen uh, you know for example actually and this is a good like hey what is good hygiene you know what we have seen is people who charge their clients and collect electronically have had you know relatively less fall off in the amount and collection that they do and so you know maybe there's a thing out there for everybody of like hey just make it easier for your clients to pay and offer them more electronic choices and it might be more likely to happen during these times. Uh, so that, that's been an, sort of an accelerant to, to digital payment collection is a good hygiene kind of thing. Uh, yeah, anyhow. So, but we've seen the entire invoice economy come down about sort of 20-ish percent. And we've seen, you know, people, digital collection methods hold up better than the non-digital. And, you know, we've seen a, a pickup, like I think the middle to the back half of March, we saw people kind of stopped in their tracks and we're seeing, you know, some pickups subsequent to that through April and upwards. So I think you know, people are kind of some shock and awe and how do I work remotely and all this kind of stuff. And, and things are gradually sort of resuming, um, uh, you know, amongst our, our customer base and presumably their clientele as well. 
That's uh, that's interesting. So when you mentioned hygiene earlier, you're literally talking about just not having to handle paper, and so and, and also I almost even think like <laughs> like not. I mean, if you if if your clients are not at home or they're not at their offices and they're working remotely, and you're sending invoices to their office mailbox, I mean that kind of occurred to me where you know whereas if you're processing electronically and you're 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 getting clients to pay digitally, you know, or through electronic payment, you know, you're not having to have them wait until you know, six weeks before they're back to their office and opening up mail again. Yeah, well, there, there you go. And, and so it was literally, it was, it's a double, double entendre, which uh, means, yeah, two, two meetings. So literally there is the hygiene aspect to it. I think it's also just good business practice. And I think we've seen it just been more accentuated. Like we know the people who, you know, collect through electronic mechanisms uh, or means, whether it be like ACH or credit cards get paid faster generally. You know, that's just generally, but now we're seeing less fall off in the volume. And, and I think it's just down to ease of use. And yeah, I mean, literally what, what you're saying is just very pragmatic. If you're like mailing me an invoice or I deal with my paperwork in the office like that, or I have to go ahead and do that, you know, and I don't want to be touching paperwork, visiting other people, having to go to an office, you're just likely, less likely to get paid. So I think it's a good time to just make it easy for your clients to pay you. And digital is probably the best way to do that through, through an offering like, like FreshBooks. So one of the things that you've been recognized for is, um, you know, building a really good company culture. I know you've been uh, featured in some notable uh, publications like Fast Company, Inc., uh, and CBS This Morning on this idea of like employee blind dates where you kind of set them out to like build kind of culture. Blind dates is definitely an interesting uh, phrase when I when I read that, but, you know, and that's kind of probably in, in a normal economy. So how are you at FreshBooks? I mean, how are you guys as a company dealing with, I mean, I assume all of your people are now working remote. Um, I mean, how are you trying to maintain culture when that might've been a drastic shift to how you were doing things before? Yeah. So the first thing is these are indeed challenging times. And I would say a company like ours that is, is you know, sort of, you know, the office and the people we hire, you know, they, they like to be around other people, generally speaking, it is a hard and challenging time. So I think this is like, hey, we, we're not entirely designed for this as a culture. <laughs> you know, some folks are, you know, hey, I just quietly shuffle to my desk, do stuff, go home, like probably working remote's great. If you if you really enjoy the people you work with, you do a lot of collaboration day to day, these kinds of things, it's it's less conducive to this kind of stuff. So so just that is a backdrop. So then the question becomes, what are we doing specifically to kind of manage through it? I think the basically the short answer is a lot of different things. And so let me just give you some specifics. I think, you know, we've had lots of teams who've gone ahead and kind of had like a happy hour or something like that. And we've had Zoom calls to do those kinds of things. But we also did just as a company, uh, you know, sort of pretty quickly after we got into all this, there was like a, a background challenge, a Zoom. So we use Zoom conference service and sort of like a Zoom background challenge, which, you know, got a lot of attention just kind of inside the building. And people were playing around with backgrounds for a while. I will say we're into like week four or five now. And so the novelty of that's starting to wear off and you start to see a lot less of that. And we'll have to figure out what the next things are. But I think the point is, and we have channels up for parents, you know, I'm one of those and, you know, people are you know talking about like my coworker did this and then, you know, posting all the stuff their, their children have done that have made, you know, life either, you know, awesome or challenging as the case may be for the, for the last few weeks. So, so we're using a lot of Slack. We're using a lot of Zoom, you know, and then various managers just have very different ways of, you know, like getting people to 
go ahead and kick off a meeting with something real that's going on in their life to give people a picture. And, you know, I think it's pretty easy and, you know, I'm guilty of this for sure. It's just, I just kind of go meeting to meeting all day long. And that's the nature of my role at this point, uh, you know, unfortunately, but you don't necessarily stop and kind of spend a ton of time just in this situation. I think this is a time, even though I, I'm not practicing this one as much as I like, but just to spend a little more time on the people side of things and get a little more color on what their life is like and then have the meeting. Uh, and so uh, I don't do that every meeting, but when I do it, I, I, I'm always grateful uh, to myself for having uh, been mindful enough to do it. Hey, what's up, agency owners? As someone that's built hundreds of websites for clients over the last 20 years, I know how important it is to have a content management system that is fast to set up and delivers my clients' websites with the speed the internet demands. If you're looking for a new CMS, I'd like to introduce you to a new platform called Zephyr, a content management system built for power users and agencies. Build websites faster, make clients happier. Find out more at ZephyrCMS.com and get one free site for life and a free theme set up valued at $500. That's ZephyrCMS.com. Now let's get back to our interview. How have you guys been affected by, um, I know I, I know a lot of companies in the software space have been flooded with emails and requests for assistance. And I've seen a variety of different responses to this, everything from, uh, I think Adobe had kind of even published that they were doing a couple of months free. I've seen some people negotiate service amounts, some companies deferring things for, for several months. And, I, and I'm, I, when I see this, I'm thinking, well, that's really good. But at the same time, I'm going, you know, hopefully these businesses that are doing this will be there, right? If they're deferring, you know, three months of revenue, right? I mean, have you guys had to deal yeah. with that? And is it like, I mean, what I'm picturing in my head, like when Adobe got flooded with, I mean, I have to imagine like millions of customers emailing them saying we're going to defer three months. Like, I mean, yes, they're, they're publicly traded. They've got huge financial backing. You know, maybe it's not everybody. Maybe it's a small percentage of people that are doing that. But have, were, were you guys kind of impacted by that? And, and what was your, your general response? Well, you know, I think the way, you know, so first of all, like, um, this is a very challenging time and there are many people out there who are undergoing, you know, significant, you know, in, in our case, a lot of people's, you know, you might talk about their business, but as soon as you do that, you're actually talking about them as, you know, individuals, like, because the things are one and the same. And so the stresses that one's experiencing, you know, if like we're down on average, you know, let's say 20% of our invoice volume, like certain people, they'll be down 80%. And then that gets into like, how do I employ my team and, and all these kinds of things, which are, you know, very, very, um, it's just, it's just very, very stressful. So I, I want to be sensitive to that as a backdrop to, to any of the things that we might be doing. I think things like Adobe, you know, they came out very quickly and they did that. And I think they set a certain kind of expectation in the market. You know, from, from our point of view, you know, I think, you know, a couple of things. One, we want to be in business for the long run. And I think, you know, going and dropping a quarter worth of revenue, which is a, a good, good amount of capital you know, it's probably not a responsible thing. And I don't think it's responsible for the customers that we have who want to be with us for a long time and already have been. If we just go ahead and manage ourselves out of business, let's say, <laughs> or um, or for the employees that we work with. And so I, I don't think that was that would have been an appropriate, you know, thing for us. You know, Adobe is a pretty diversified business and, you know, they have some people on cloud, but, you know, they still have all kinds of other pockets. Of right. So this is one, one line of business for them. So a bit of a different story. The other thing is we're also cognizant of and, and don't want to get, you know, too comfortable with this notion, but this is a really important time to have your financials clear and straight. 
right? And to actually get your darn invoices out the door and collect money. So, so I'd encourage people to be, to be, you know, thinking of all that. And then what we just try to do is, you know, handle on a case by case basis, you know, people who have, you know, uh, you know, extreme circumstances, if they reach out, that kind of thing. So we would try to, uh, work with, you know, that, that, that's, that's our, you know, just sort of the, the orientation around it, because, you know, there are certainly some cases where, um, you know, people are, are really, really suffering and we want to try to try to be sensitive to that. But the lion's share of our customers are, you know, Hey, it's a challenge, but certainly managing through and not, not nearly as impacted. Yeah. I mean, one of our big, with our, our community and our folks has been, you know, to kind of shore up that accounts receivables. I think that's obviously a big part of what you all do and what you help people do. So that's uh, a good thing. I mean, some people are like, you know, they kind of got caught in the situation with clients that owed them money from, I mean, 90, 120 days ago. I mean, work delivered, you know, not really kind of out of sight, out of mind, weren't really following up, felt like they didn't want to have a hard conversation, you know, maybe with their client pre-COVID and then post-COVID it's like, oh my gosh, like how do I even ask somebody for money? Uh, which yeah, is which right. is probably a, I mean, is that coming up for you all in terms of how you're supporting your customers about how do you, how do yeah. you demand money? Like, where's my money? Right. I mean, but obviously, you know, it's yeah. like, if you don't get your money, then your business is going to get closed. And if, you know, but then at the same time, You've got, and I've heard some really interesting things like like accountants telling their clients to, you know, even if they don't need to, just stop paying all of your invoices, which I think is insane. Like we've had clients where literally their, you know, their clients who they've done five or even six figures of work with in some cases, you know, they're a solo practice or three or four person agency and their clients have been told by their CPAs and their accountants to stop paying all invoices, regardless of whether work's been delivered, which I just think is like, I mean, kind of crazy advice to be giving people that would, that's going to domino down to like lots of other businesses. Yeah. Let's, let's go and unpack all. I mean, I hadn't heard that outright statement. I heard something contextually a little different as kind of advice I would kind of give anybody to be completely honest. Uh, and I'll explain that in a second. So yeah, obviously a time you want to get your invoices out the door. One of the things we've done, I guess I was going to say, is I've actually hosted a couple webinars for our customer base and we hadn't done webinars for a long time. But sort of inspired by COVID and trying to help out, we did one on like how to generate revenue in COVID times. And then, you know, which is really, and again, it's the great thing about a webinar from us is like, you know, we're describing how you do that as like an agency, not trying to also do that as like a bakery and a restaurant, all these other things. We can focus you know, on the dynamics of, of sort of client oriented businesses, which is nice. And then we did the same thing with, with costs and basically how to manage your costs at times like these. And so, you know, what I had heard, I hadn't heard that one. And that is like, that seems, you know, sort of not very good. It's a, a survival mentality, but it is uh, when you get paid after for a good chunk of your work, we, we are sort of vulnerable and our, our whole customer base is, is vulnerable in this way. It's going to be a good lesson for a lot of people when you come out of this around how to set up your payment terms and to not, you know, avoid the hard conversations because you never know what's going to happen. You got to go and collect. But, you know, having said all that, you know, Things I have heard, and I think this is, you know, sort of a, a good thing to go ahead and do is, is, you know, if you have some invoices standing out there, just, you know, almost like wait for somebody to call and ask for the money right? <laughs> to know like who kind of needs it. Right. Cause it's right. just going to be kind of a game of triage. I think not paying it is, is, you know, again, un, unscrupulous in, in my opinion, but yeah, by all means, like looking at things and saying like, well, maybe that one, I just wait and see if somebody gets ahead of me, gets a hold of me. And I, I think the flip of that, and perhaps more importantly for people who have the outstanding invoices is by all means, call all your clients. Right. And that's just a good hygiene thing to do right now. 
and you want to put a face on yourself, right? Like you don't want to be like a number and an invoice. You want to be, you know, uh, Mary Ann from, you know, Montana, who I've worked with for years. How could I not pay her invoice? Right. So I think you want to, uh, I think you want to get on the phone and, and just make sure that everyone's aware and understand that they're going to pay. And, and I think, you know, the other conversations you've had in some of these webinars is what do you do with somebody who's kind of not, not paying you? And um, I think it's a time to like take stock in like, well, how impacted are we? Because other people are getting like, if you had, let's say have a client who runs a restaurant and you offer them marketing services, like it's probably at zero right now. And so hopefully 100% of your clients aren't restaurants, but you know, you, you probably want that client to be a client when they, come back. I just say, think about the relationships and try and manage those against what you need to do today and, and try and retain a, a long, a long lens kind of thing. People will remember that if you help them get through this and they needed your help. Yeah. I think that's really, um, I think putting the face to that is, is what, you know, I would take from what you just said as being that most important kind of urgent thing. If, if you have accounts receivables, especially if they're aging past 30 days is, you know, yes, you've got the cool tools to like automatically send reminders or little messages, but really connecting somebody at the emotional level of like, Hey, you know, it's, you know, let's, uh, what's going on with you and Hey, can we, you know, can we take a look at that? And is there, is that going to happen? I mean, that becomes a lot harder to, you know, I think once they get that connection of like, Oh yeah, it's, you know, Oh yeah, it's Mike. I got to pay Mike. Right. Like, let's make sure we take care of Mike. Right. We love Mike. Right. So, I mean, I think that that's a, a really good insight. What are you seeing in terms of, and I don't know if you guys have this type of insights in your platform, but the types of, um, can you see kind of the general type of work somebody's doing, or maybe it's the size or the frequency? I mean, are, are people pivoting and creating like new types of services in, in your platform? I mean, I think that we've seen that with our, our clients of, you know, yesterday they were helping restaurants to, you know, doing done for you services. And now they're trying to teach restaurant owners how to market their own stuff you know, for a fraction of the retainer, right? Instead of charging three grand a month, they're charging, you know, 300 a month to kind of teach them how to do it on their own while they have some downtime to promote their, you know, delivery and takeout type business versus their, uh, you know, their main dining room business, which which is a big pivot for a lot of people. And we're seeing a lot of pivots. We're hearing that word pivot a lot. Do you guys see that kind of reflected in, uh, in the platform? So, so I see it reflected in the conversations more than I see it you know, straight up in the, the platform. And a funny thing, I'll just be, uh, you know, candid is, you know, we just have so much information flowing across, you know, across, our, you know, our, uh, you know, our software and our platform that, that it is like, I just have an infinite number of questions. <laughs> so that's when I haven't actually asked to go ahead and like run the query to get the empirical uh, answer. Yeah. But, but, but it, it is absolutely the right orientation to have. Like now's a great time to go ahead and, and bring that, that new service offering you've been thinking about for a couple of years, you know, to market and go see if it's interesting or to call up a few customers. I think this is maybe even the best one and just be like, what is it you need right now? And that is probably different than they would have answered, you know, six or eight or 10 weeks ago. And I think that is, you know, that's another reason to get on the call and, you know, whether it's accounts receivable or just checking in with your best clients, even if you haven't worked with them in a while, and just see if there's, you know, oh yeah, we haven't done anything in like two years, but you know, here's, you know, maybe I need a new, you know, maybe I'm a website builder, maybe or a designer, and like maybe I need a new website to like communicate with my customers about our new operations in a COVID world or whatever. Like you, you just don't know, so it's a real time for hey, you got a little more time. Back to basics. Go go spend time with your clients to the extent that uh, 
you know, they'll, they'll, they'll have you. Uh, and even if it's, you know, I can't get to you for a couple of weeks. Great. Let's book it in a couple of weeks and just, just reconnect. Want to shift uh, the conversation just these last uh, few minutes of our interview here to you more on a personal CEO leadership level. You've got this, um, you've got this company. Uh, you guys have uh, four hundred people, around four hundred people at the company. I imagine as CEO, you have to put on a, a confident and a clear, you know, face and presentation in terms of. Uh, how you show up for your people. Uh, but as you mentioned earlier, it's, it's challenging times. I mean, what are some of the things that you're personally doing to keep some semblance of balance and also to make sure that you're staying in the right mindset for your, your people? Yeah. So the first thing is, you know, what we talk about FreshBooks, you know, the culture a little bit here and what have you, but like core to that is, you know, my hope for every FreshBooker is that there's just no work fest, Right. So we just want to build an environment where people can, can kind of be themselves. And, you know, really, you know, they say this stuff starts at the top or whatever, but, you know, while that's probably not 100% the truth, it is dangerously close. And so, you know, how do we foster an environment where people don't have to have work face and they can just be themselves as, as they kind of are to the best of their ability? And when you, say, really when, you starts, say, when you say work face, you mean, so is it like coming into work and kind of having like a different, like, like yeah, kind of putting on some armor, armor or whatever, or different yeah, persona. Got right. it. Got it. That's right. Yeah. And we really try to hire people who have the EQ that they don't, you know, have a lot of that to begin with. But, you know, those folks are actually, you know, especially appreciative once you get in there, right? It's like, oh, geez, like everyone's just themselves. Like there's a lot less to kind of deal with here. And then it gets pretty closely. It can be with politics as well, which we really do try to minimize. And anyways, the punchline, the, the, the answer for both of these things is, um, well, it kind of goes along with living our values, which are called porch fest. One of them is honesty. And I'll get to answering your question more specifically here. I just try to be honest with people. We define that as, um, uh, you know, our definition of honesty is we are straightforward and we communicate directly. And so, you know, I see my role and it is, you know, it's one part operational, you know, one part vision and, you know, one part figurehead for sure. So I, I do have a, a responsibility here. And, you know, what I try to do is just be honest about, you know, my, my situation and, you know, and, and sort of empathetic, recognizing that, hey, we have people who have a variety of situations at FreshBooks right now. And, you know, the really challenging ones, you know, so far that we've discovered are, and I go and try and find this information. So I get curious around, hey, what are some of the major problems? But, you know, some of the major problems are if you're at home right now and you have kids, and you're working remotely, and maybe both parents, if you're lucky enough to have two parents, if you're a single parent, it's a different scenario altogether. But, you know, both parents are working and you just can't be productive for the whole day because, you know, you can't work for the whole day because you, you need to parent. And that is job one. And so we've gone ahead and, and made it clear that your, your first job is to parent. <laughs> and we expect that your productivity will not be the same. And, and that is okay. So uh, try to do things like that. You know, also recognizing we have a lot of of the younger who've like moved to a big city like Toronto and live in a condo and may not even have family in town and are super isolated for what looks like like two or three months. Like that is just hard. So we have like incredible levels of anxiety, you know, that the economy is doing this thing. People are just scared. It's uncertain. So, so we'll just try to be honest about all this stuff. And for me, that looks like, you know, sort of getting curious around the various situations people are experiencing. So I'll ask our team to tell me, Hey, what are they seeing with their, their team members, and then just disclosing it and letting people know also it's a okay that you're going through this. 
And B, if you are impacted, like you're a parent who can't work, we, we just get that. And so I think, I think those are the kinds of things we've tried to do. And then the, the final thing is I just try to share. So I have three children, you know, four, three and eight weeks. And, you know, I am trapped inside with them for a long period of time. Here. <laughs> uh, that, you know, that, that's not easy. So I, I make sure people know like, Hey, I don't want anybody to go ahead and feel bad for me. Like we're, you know, very lucky in so many ways, but you know, that is a reality that I can share that is, uh, and it comes with challenges and my wife and I are kind of you know, working together to struggle through it. And then just little things like, you know, uh, a specific example would be my family. We we're going to get together. You know, we get together every year. We're not hugely religious, but we, we congregate for Easter weekend and we have, you know, every year of my life, you know, this year we did it by zoom, you know, and, and you know, I, I'm, like last, uh, we had our sign off last Thursday before we had good Friday off. And, um, you know, I just told, told the whole company at the kind of all company weekly meeting, like, yeah, this is what I'll be doing. Uh, you know, try and find your own way to, you know, be with your you know, family or loved ones over the long weekend. And so I think a little bit lead by example, you know, trying to get curious around the challenges and disclose those to others. So they, they kind of recognize that, oh, if I'm feeling this way, I'm not the only one. And that's okay here. And I think, I think that is, uh, those kinds of things create the right environment. So people sort of feel better. We, 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 we tried the, uh, Easter by zoom mixed results, <laughs> but it was, it was, it was better than not doing anything for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, there you go. It was a 45 minute call for four screens. Uh, you know, the families and kids, everybody on one screen. So yeah, it was fun, but, yeah. uh, you know, we'll, you know, we'll probably remember it, look back on it fondly, hopefully in time. Yeah, for sure. We were my, my, I have kids similar ages as you three and five, and uh, they just wanted to, you know, they just want to go up to the camera and like do like weird mouth noises or mouth, weird facial expressions, right? We're still working on coaching them on how to do teleconferencing. I didn't know that that was going to be something <laughs> yeah. that uh, three-year-olds and five-year-olds yeah. needed to figure out. But uh, right now it sounds like that's uh, maybe, maybe we'll do a course yeah. on that, right? Yeah, that's right. Life, life skills for, yeah, preschoolers. <laughs> Pretty much. Mike, this has been uh, super fascinating. I think just to get a snapshot from you guys at FreshBooks, get kind of some insights of what you're doing to lead in these times, uh, both on the business, a little bit of that personal side, and, and as a company, uh, has been has been super insightful. Are you ready for our uh, lightning round? Oh, okay. Hit me. Yes, <laughs> lightning round. Sit up straight. Yes. Get ready. Get ready, right? Uh, so here we go. What is the best advice you've ever received? I like to go with this one is there's a four letter word in, in business, which is uh, focus. Um, uh, because if you don't focus, you're going to be stepping in a lot of four letter words. And which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Uh, I think probably just, you know, some combination of perseverance. Uh, so this isn't maybe a habit, maybe an attribute, but like perseverance and, or just kind of going heads down until something gets done and then moving on to the next thing, probably not too far removed from focus, but I think that's really important to just have a switch you can flip and just get through challenging times. Cause th there's always another side to them. And if you dwell too much on how challenging they are, that, you know, it's not helpful. So I think that's probably been the thing that's kind of uh, been the, the, the biggest thing that's gotten me uh, from here to there. Can you share an internet resource, a tool, or app that you use that you think our listeners would find valuable? Hmm. Uh, good, good question. Let me look at my phone. I, I don't even know if this is available in the states. Uh, <laughs> it's I'm more on the consumer side. I was going to say, what am I using a lot of? Just looking at my recently used app. I was going to say this this app House Signa if you're in real estate. <laughs> 
I don't know if you've heard of that. What's um, it called? It's called House Sigma. I, I, frankly, I just don't even know what's available. It, it'd be kind of not unlike um, Zillow. So maybe that's not the best, uh, the best one. But jeez, uh, okay, a good resource, an app. Um, I mean, right now it's hard to not think of like Zoom or Slack, uh, but I'm sure everybody's on those. So sorry for being unoriginal uh, there. Uh, and what book would you recommend and why? Well, I always like to diagnose the, uh, the patient, so to speak, or the situation before I go ahead and do that. But, um, you know, I'll go ahead and recommend that I, I, I have enjoyed through, through COVID here. I'm reading Bruce Springsteen's biography. I'm not a huge fan of his music, <laughs> but it's a decent biography. <laughs> go with that little inspiration and distraction from these COVID times. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, very cool. And if you guys want to, uh, if you're, uh, I usually say on a, on a, on the road or on a run, maybe these days it's, I'm on the, uh, the treadmill or, uh, or doing at home yoga. Uh, and you want to uh, check out those resources from Mike, check out our show notes page at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Click on Mike's episode and you'll find lots of great resources there. Uh, Mike, how can our audience find out more about you? And is there anything that you have that they can check out? But thanks for asking, Brent. I, I, I am uh, in probably best reach if you want to get me directly at Mike McDermott at Twitter or by at FreshBooks. But um, yeah, you can check us out at, at freshbooks.com. There's a, a free trial there. And, and you know, if you do run an agency are going at your own as a self-employed professional doing you know sort of creative work do check us out i think we are built for you and it should be a better way for you to run your business awesome well i know we we, we used to use uh fresh books pretty much exclusively at our agency so i know you guys do great great work and you were uh definitely revolutionized that side of our business when uh when we were running that so definitely want to encourage uh if you guys are still doing invoices by hand Definitely check out the platform. Uh, Mike, you guys are doing a great job at your company. Thank you also for stopping by the program and hanging out with us today. Yeah, listen, thank you for having me. And uh, stay safe, everybody. This too shall pass. And I look forward to seeing you on the other side. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks again, Mike. And if you guys need to check out those show notes, yougurus.com forward slash podcast. That is our program for this week on the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out today, I want to check on your answer to my questions from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead gen problem. Maybe it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or mobile app but they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, I wanna invite you to apply for a free agency freedom session where you can dig into those underlying issues in your business and get moving like never before. The aha moments that you're gonna have will shift the way you think forever and you'll finally get the answer to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your agency freedom session today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show.